Welcome to Unraveled Podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Mackenzie. This is the place where we unravel all the things on our hearts. Laughter, tears, and real talk are all invited. Here we go. Hi, sis. Hi. If you can hear the um, snoring, it's the baby I'm wearing. Sorry. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I hope I hear the snores. (laughs) It's so funny. How are you? Happy um, first day of sourdough making. This whole entire episode is sponsored by Mackenzie Sourdough Starters. Um, I feel like we're starting a movement that <laughs> the amount of messages I've gotten like, oh my gosh, does she sell those? I'm like, I don't know. She should. I will ask her. That is so funny. No, now it's just free. You just give it. You just give it and grow it. I love it. I love it. Give it and grow it. And it's been so fun. Like, I feel like I've talked to you so many times about wanting to do sourdough and I always was like, I'm too busy to sit down and freaking learn this process. And now with my whole mantra this summer of like, we're not doing anything other than like things that bring us joy. I'm like, this was perfect. And then you handed it to me on the way out the door when we got to um, meet little birdie. So it was, it's a, it's perfect timing. Oh my gosh. That was the best. Yes. We got to see each other. You guys, um, two Fridays ago, right? No, Saturdays ago, the 20th. Um, and it had been almost a year since our families have gotten together. Memorial Day weekend. Oh, last year. Wait, it was it was this past weekend last year, right? Yes, crazy, right? And so, of course, like of all people, I was like, I would not invite myself over to anyone else's house. But I feel like <laughs> I I could be an extra hand, and we can bring food, and so we did. <laughs> It was honestly everything I needed and more. And it was so funny because for months we were just praying that B could come film it because first of all, he is so talented um, behind the camera and would just like, I feel like you're going to do that. I don't know why. <laughs> I just feel like you're going to get this litany of birthing videos now that we like love watching them and stuff. But anyway, I really the- would love that. And then as anyone who's had a baby before knows by the end of pregnancy you can't wait for anything and you're just trying to get that baby out and no matter what you tell yourself like I'm not going to get like this well at least me every time I'm like every time come on yes (laughs) oh I wish I wasn't like that but this is the first time I went over my due date so I'll give myself that and how many days sis remind remind us how many days overdue were you See, this is where I, I feel guilty to even say because it's really not bad. But when you come from going a week to 10 days early with three other children, it feels later. It feels it like is. a century. Every day at the end feels like a hundred years. Amen. So it was only two days past my due date. Um, but And she was my smallest baby, which is so funny. So you just never oh, really know. Cool. And due dates are funny in that way. Um, my ovulation could have been off. It could have been a number of things. Um, but no, she was two days. Wow. Oh, and she's so precious. I mean, I, she was so, she was teeny. I mean, like not like teeny, teeny, but like for our chubby babies. Yes, for ours. She's, she's eight, she was eight pounds and two ounces, which is the smallest I've had. So. And that's not even that small. That's big for some people. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) Oh, I think that birth stories are so beautiful for so many ways. We've kind of dove into sharing our stories on this podcast when this one was particularly unique. 
um, with it being your first home birth. First of all, thank you for being such a champion for this birth. Like, there's nothing, and I just want to say this to everyone, surround yourself by your besties who are really just only supportive and only listen to positive birth stories and only get into the place of peace and relaxation in those final days because it is hard and the mind is a dangerous place and you cannot go there alone. Mm -hmm. So I think that that was really imperative. Just like they were just, you just got to be picky who you talk to. And I was just so grateful for you, sis. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And postpartum too. Like, would I let anyone else come 12 days or 12 hours later? No, but what I oh, no, so... I think you would be on my list as well. <laughs> oh, you're the only one. And so we were so lucky. We just cleaned up my room, just lit all these candles. It brought me like four different meals to my bed all within two hours. And it was just the best. So thank you. Oh, well, you handed me a sourdough loaf on the walkout. I was like, Mackenzie would have a baby and have a loaf ready for me out the oven and she's like calling Colin downstairs on his phone like can you so check rude. the loaf for Bridget and I was just like oh my gosh this is the most typical situation but no it was honestly it was such a joy the kids got to see each other and to see you guys in such a precious like that window after a baby is so precious that like it was yeah. really so sweet to be let into that window Oh, you yeah, you've been on two of those windows with Franny too. Remember? But back the bus up for everybody. Okay, yes. so like things start happening. Okay, and yeah. Then what? So yeah, I'm texting B like every day. She's doing her check-ins, and I'm like, it has to be today. It has to be today. <laughs> like every time. And finally, I woke up on Friday. And I'm like, no, it has to be today. I'm not doing it. And so I um woke up and I did this thing called the mile circuit, which I will share I actually just wrote my unabridged birth story that I will be sending out um in my email tomorrow um but I put those things in because they're so helpful the mile circuit is a stretch that you can do and it's pretty detailed it's an hour long and you can't miss a step it's an hour and a half long so I did that first thing in the morning um I actually um people might be upset at this but I did take a tablespoon of or teaspoon of castor oil I did that with Stella too because one of my friends says it doesn't it doesn't really like make labor happen faster, but if you're already in labor, it makes it go faster in it. Yeah. So, yeah. so I did that. It did nothing this time. I didn't get sick. Nothing happened. I felt nothing all day long. And so then I um, took a nap with the older girls and woke up and I said, I'm doing another mile circuit. So I'm in the mile circuit and I get my first contraction around um, 2.30 p.m., 2.38. And it was hard and I didn't think anything of it because it could be anything, you know, I, you've had prodromal labor and I've heard so many horror stories of starting and stopping. They have never happened to me. I've had very quick labors after Therese in the hospital was 18 hours. I had a two hour and 40 minute labor with Franny and an hour and 15 minute labor with Stella. So I knew it could be fast. Yeah. So then I had that contraction and I told Colin and he said, okay, start tracking them. And I said, no, I'm going to keep doing my mile circuit. Then I had five more within five minutes and thought, okay, well, you know, maybe, maybe text your cousins just in case they need to get the girls. And he said, I'm texting them right now. And I said, well, don't, don't rush them. Just, it's fine. It's probably not happening. So I go wake up the girls from their naps and I'm feeling contractions, like I'm stopping on the stairs now up to get them. I get Franny. I get my birthing ball. I text my friend Casey, and she says, 
keep the momentum going, get on the birthing ball. Yeah. So I get on the birthing ball. It's probably now 2.50, maybe 3. And I go downstairs into the basement just to get down there. And um, Colin's like, I'm going to fill the tub. And I said, no, 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 that's ridiculous. Like, it's going to be cold. Like, what are you doing? And it's now 2.55 and Franny comes down really grouchy from her nap. And I hold her and we're bouncing on the birthing ball. And just mind you, this is 25 minutes before the baby comes out. Oh, Um, my gosh. So I have a photo of it and I will cherish it forever because it just doesn't make sense. I'm like smiling with Franny and thinking really nothing. But it's hurting. But I I have to give credit to so many women who have like 24-hour labors with that many contracts. I don't understand how the show goes on. They're so long. And so I guess my labors are mostly in transition and then they're done. So anyway. I am bouncing on the ball and then I um, have bloody show, um, which I've never had. Um, so I text the midwife and I'm like, get yeah, bloody show. Okay. And she's calling, calling, they're calling each other behind my back at this point. Yeah. And, and um, she says, can I hear her? And he, he puts the phone to me and I'm like, Hey, my aunt, I'm, I'm fine. It's just, yeah. <laughs> You're like, Hey, everything's great. <laughs> yeah. Like just shut up. <laughs> no. And then, no. Yeah. And then I go to the bathroom and I passed a softball size clot. Um, wow. And that's when I was like, oh, and this is a home birth, but I'm not going to be fearful. But that's kind of weird, kind of scary. I take yeah. a picture of it and I send it to her. And she says, I'm already on my way. So this is the point when I for sure am in labor. I know. Yeah. And I start walking to the bedroom and oh, call wow. Don't go to the bedroom, Mackenzie. Do not go on that bed. And I'm like, I'm just going to w- wait it out. I'm going to rest it off as if you can rest off contractions. Again, <laughs> some people do that and I don't get it. So anyway, I walk uh, out and he's like, get in the tub. And I'm like, it's two inches full. Okay. So I get in the tub and I'm And not- that's crazy. Like, I have to stop you for a second yes, because sorry. like- I just think that's crazy that Colin had all of this intuition about you. And I think that's really something to be said about how your person can Mm -hmm. also know you in labor. And I just find that to be fascinating that he, like, even though you were showing outward signs of like, I don't totally know if this is it, like the few little things that made him think like, no, this is happening to the point where like, he's like, get in the tub and it's not even full. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So cool. Like that just shows that he's so supportive and like, so I feel like in tune with this whole thing. Oh yeah. We couldn't, you can't do these things without the support. Like. We all say it's all the mom, but like, who are we kidding? Like, if you didn't have those people supporting you behind the scenes over text or like in the room, that's so true. Be like, and did you not get like animalistic? Not animal. That's like it's a weird way to say it. I but know. Like, when I went into transition with um, Augie, I like wanted to go into the bathroom and shut the door and turn the lights right. off. It was just weird. Like, it made no sense, but. I wasn't on an epidural, so they were letting me go wherever in the room. And the lady was, the nurse was like, you're going to have that baby on the toilet if you don't come out. And I was, it was weird that I like wanted to go there. So like, did you have any of those moments of like, you wanted to go in a corner or back to your room? Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. You said that about Augie B because I was in a similar situation with Franny and that was my first 
no medica- medication as well. Yeah. And I remember going to the toilet as well and thinking, get away from me, everybody. Yes. Don't, don't tell me what to do. Let me. Yeah. Yes. And I was, yeah. And I was not nice. And they were like, you need to move. And I said, no. Yeah. Yeah. I was. So I, I wonder too, if like, you remember that part of yourself you're like, I'm going to be better next time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so so I, I remember thinking that because I was. I was, mm, I was not like the good movies. I was not like the beautiful Rose and Charlotte Burr story with Franny. I'll tell you that much. I mean, who is like no. she? No. She edited that video. So. You, that's why you have edits. So anyway, yeah, with Franny, definitely did that. And then with Stella, um, the only bad thing I said was I can't. And then this one was just different. And I did go to the room, but then he got me out and then I yeah. did the tub and I'm facing the tub this time, like facing it. So I'm leaning over it because I heard that was the best position. But then I did my always thing and I got comfy and just um, squatted down kind of in the bath. And this yeah. is the story got like really funny. Now I can laugh. My aunt's calling us, our midwife, and she's like, I can't find your house, you guys. I'm driving around and I can't find it. And you guys, I am, it, it's happening. I, all I say to Colin <laughs> is I grab his arm and I say, you, you don't leave me. Or I said, and I said to her, you guys got to get off the phone. This baby's coming. And so sure enough, I breathe and I, and I always laugh and feel like I breathed out the baby, but I really just, there's nothing you can do when the baby's coming. Like yeah, it just there is no stopping that. There's train. no stopping, and so the the head comes out. Wow! And uh, it was with a contraction and with like a deep breath, and my aunt runs down the stairs by the grace. <gasps> of and and at that point, it was like the last you had heard was that she couldn't find the house. So yes. in that moment of like, did you have fear of like I'm having this baby alone? My midwife's nowhere to be found, or like what was going on in your head when the baby was coming out and the last thing you heard was the midwife couldn't find your house. Well, it's so funny because you said like, do you go inward? And this is like where I think all of us go inward and it's a grace from God because, because, and to our husbands too, be because Colin yeah. was distracting my three children that were running around everybody for yeah. about, and he put on bluey or something. It, I w- there was no fear because she, there was no choice. And I think yeah. It goes to that thing, that viral video that's going around that says the human can only handle 47 units of pain, but women in birth can handle 57. It led to 20 fractures at a time. Mm-hmm. Have a choice when your body's taking over. Like, you know, yeah. you know, like, so it took over. So the head's out. My aunt runs down the stairs. She says hi to the girls. And then I have this photo of her. I don't know how it, we got it, but she's like jumping. She's like so excited. And He's looking at me and she's like, you're doing it. And then the shoulder comes out and Colin's like, you just have two more pushes. And then the <gasps> shoulder is out. And then I, she says, do you want to grab her Mackenzie? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, you can. Amazing. Okay. And mm-hmm. then like with there being not a lot of water in the pool, can you like talk about that a little bit? Because yeah. like that, I feel like in terms of like, a home birth and things not always going the way you plan them to be like, was there any thought in your mind of like, cause people bring like all the stuff to the room, like oh the candles God. and the incense and yeah. everything. But like you were literally in a plastic tub, which are a matter, like <laughs> the, so the water. 
Like, did you even think of those things? Or was it just like, no, I'm having this baby wherever I possibly I love that point you just made so much. Like, we are, our bodies just take over, first of all, we know this. But also, like, Mary had that baby in a stable. Like, come on. Like, we can only plan and prepare so much. You know, like why we work ourselves up so yeah. much and like, like I couldn't make anything Amen. beautiful in that space. It's in my freaking basement. Like there is poop and blood and guts all over. Like it is absolutely oh. disgusting. Like only yeah. did I show B these photos, you guys and Colin seen him, but it's just like, if you want vulnerability, like look at a photo of a woman who has no choice but to be naked in in yeah. a bright lighted basement. Like it's just, it wild. was so exposing. But you also said like exposing. it was in, to you that was your most beautiful birth. And yeah, would you say was it because you feel like interiorly you overcame things in that moment? Yeah, that's. I think that just like really the prayer beforehand of like. God, just please give me peace and like no worry because I'm already worried. We we all get this way, B, and I've talked about it every time those months before. They're just scary, especially if you've had hard things happen in mm-hmm. you know sis, in birth and with miscarriage and all these things and in society mm-hmm. and like social media. Nothing is helping mm-hmm. us. We see and we learn and we know too much now. And so I asked to just those fears to be removed and just to have. Mm-hmm a peaceful birth and even with the detachment of anything can happen like Mackenzie you have to accept that like you have to accept that when you push this thing out anything can happen but you have to ask for peace and I've seen so so many people have so much peace like our dear friend Katie who lost her friend or her Bridget and my dear friend Katie who lost her husband last year has a huge sense of peace and so anyway when you know that god is in control and he's going to answer our prayers in in the way he wants to then we have to give it over and so yeah Yeah. so after all that it was more so like oh my gosh thank you like it's more so like i walked to the shower with my aunt and just like cried tears of joy like thank you thank you jesus thank you jesus because because I, who am I? Like, no one deserves any goodness that happens to them here. Like, are you kidding? It's, it's all just so <laughs> overwhelming. Like, just yeah. sense of like, I think too, I can only imagine that in that moment, you probably also felt like I just shattered so many, um, just like preconceived yeah. fears that have been like put onto us women by a society that like, I mean, as as like less as like 60 75 years ago no women walked around with this fear of like if you don't go to a like brightly lit hospital room you're in danger of losing your baby I mean that is just like something that has been created I think that I think one question I have and maybe other people listening have is like I know there's a lot of um I know there's a lot of health-minded women who in their heart of hearts would love to have a home birth, but, oh my gosh, sweet birdie. Mm-hmm. She's like chiming in. Um, but maybe they have kind of heard scary stories or people in their circles have said like, oh gosh, never do that. Like, 
I guess, how did you navigate, even if no one said anything to you or to your face, like, how did you navigate with confidence, maybe feeling like maybe my family don't, doesn't understand this decision? Like, how did you and Colin not worrying about what people would say, you know, family or friends or neighbors or whatever? Absolutely. And we all get those comments. Like, even if we have a hospital birth, these people just in the comments are so funny, aren't they? Like everyone has some wild opinion. I remember someone in our family who said, if I um, had a birth without an epidural, I would die in a field. It'd be like me dying in a field if epidurals (laughs) weren't around. I remember that was the first thing I heard and call it pride, but it was that comment in this family that I thought to myself, no, that's not true. That can't be true. I'm doing it. And that's not right. That's not the only reason I did it, obviously. But I remember feeling like this can't be the way. This can't be the only way. And there are so many um, different, I don't know, there's so many um, things that can go wrong with the epidural, too, that you and I have experienced uh, with births and just like the detachment piece. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the, the attachment with the baby, all these little things that become big things, all these things. Anyway, but I think the main thing, someone asked me the same thing. I want to have a home birth. I want to convince my husband too, which I'm lucky that Colin believes in me. I think all of our husbands believe in us, but I think that he saw the progression too. We did the, we did the birth center twice and then he saw that I could do it. The birth center where I, I was with T and then came after um, Franny's birth. I remember that birth center looking like a home. I mean, and and that really struck me is like when I brought T up to the room being like, okay, this looks like a master bedroom. Like what is the difference between, you know, Ken's having a birth in her home? And exactly. And the thing about birth centers is they send you home four hours later. So what's the point in mind? Well, I love a birth center because you don't make a mess in your house, but again, they clean up the whole mess. So you go to the birth center and then they send you home four hours later. Might as well be home. And then add on, if you have fast labors, you might as well just be prepared. And we had a friend, B and I had a friend recently who has been on our podcast, Alexandra De De La Rose. Oh, yes. Who had a birth in the hallway of the hospital. In the hallway of a hospital. Yes. So, And somehow her filmmaker husband still managed to make the video look beautiful. (laughs) I thought the same would look beautiful. I thought the same thing. Anyway. Those little yeah. things, but something that um, someone asked me just like a couple of days ago, it was um, one of our friends. She said, I want to do the home birth, but I want to convince my husband that it's okay and all these things. And I said, the crazy thing about home birth is it's, I think it's easier than other births because all you have to do is show up and carry your cross. You, There's a thing too about having a, a hospital birth without an epidural. I have not done that. And I think that is a huge triumph because all odds are against you. So that's another thing. If you, if people don't feel like they can do a home birth, you can do it in the hospital too, because Bridget has lived to tell the tale. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing there is like, um, if I'm being totally transparent, the only thing holding me back from a home birth is just like residual fears from like just having close calls in some areas. Um, but if I could ever get over those fears, I think it would be an incredible experience because 
you know, the more I started listening to birth stories and, and, and becoming more, um, picky with how I want my experience with bringing a baby into the world to be, I think when I had my first, and I don't know if yours was like this too, you're very on autopilot and you're in this vulnerable place where it's your first child. And so you listen to what everyone tells you, You the doctor, the nurse, like, I mean, cause like we were also young. And so a lot of people who have a lot of women who have babies later in life, you have, you have a blessing of being able to research and have more time. But I think both of us were like, you know, on the younger oh, side. So yes. We're closest to us and we'll show up there and do what they say. Um, yeah. But I think the more babies that we have, the more educated we are and we hear other women's stories and you come to find like, this is your experience and your baby and you get to choose. Like, do you want it to be in your bedroom with the lights off? I remember you just not even flinching and being like, you can do this. Like, oh my gosh, like not even a question. You can do this. And, um, and sure enough, it was such an empowering birth and experience to feel that pain, but then to hold a baby on the other side and be like, that did not kill Mm. me. And I would do that again. You know, I know, I know. Um, yeah, it's birth, birth is so beautiful and you learn so much about yourself and these babies. And I'm sure birdies birth taught you things that the other birth, like just totally, um, mm-hmm. unique, uh, lessons. Totally. And yeah, I, I say that hospital thing to be, because I think, um, if we, I think you and I would both tell a new mom, like, don't worry about if, if you're going to do a <laughs> no epidural birth, you, you could have one for the first one, just because it's so crazy that first time, like you said, it cracked yeah. me up. It's just like, you don't know anything. It's just all coming at you. And then I don't know, just the fact that you were able to do that against all odds, like you had the, you had the traumatic first birth and then the um v back and then a and then a hospital birth without an epidural it's just like every birth story is so freaking stunning and so miraculous that like i just love that we can share them and hope that they help everybody but um they do teach you something every baby we always say that with this one i feel like i'm still working on i think it's helped me with my control issues like we don't need to control anything and if there is any fear there just renounce it but also know that god has a plan and and if you need to be transferred from the birth center or the home yeah or even in the hospital to a to a different unit because things aren't going well like that that is a possibility and that's okay and god reigns and it's all yeah i mean though talk about letting go of control i think a lot of women have that control fear of like, I could not do a birth, a home birth because there are so many variables that are unknown. And so to give all of that up is just, it's really commendable and it's worth talking about because I think the more we share these stories, like even when I left seeing you and seeing birdie, I like it, it sat with me and I was like, okay, like not to say, like, I still don't know if I could have, if I have another baby, like, what right. that birth will look like. But, like, it's just really beautiful to be let into these windows of intimate stories of birth with friends, mm-hmm. women around you. Because I think that's the way it used to be, which we talk about right. this with our retreats and community. is like, we used to live and learning from each other how to raise kids, how to have babies. And now, because of technology and roads and cars and you know, just like 
everything, we are a little bit more um, distracted and separated. Mm-hmm. And so, true. so breaking through that noise with the honesty that you had in sharing the story is just so beautiful. So thank you, thank you, sis. Thank you, sis. And speaking of community and all of these things that we just never want to let go of, and we want to go back to those roots, right? Like you're talking about this summer, how you are going to have a crazy schedule. I love that so much being like barefoot and, and, and just letting the kids be kids and that root system of like beautiful rhythms and um, how things are meant to be. And it's the same with friendship. Like, like you said, like women were supposed to be in that room. Like I needed be in my space in the next morning because I don't have my mom right here and right. like she knew that and I had that sisterhood with me and those hours are precious after but also even deeper with our retreats yeah. that sisterhood and community is so precious and and priceless and so necessary and so well we're so excited we finally have a date for right there. <laughs> when is it sis? please share okay. So drum roll, everyone. Um, we are going to have our 2023 retreat this year in November. It's going to be the first weekend in November. We've had so many women reach out to us about another date. Mm-hmm. And this year it is going to be closer to Virginia and the Carolinas. So somewhere in the Hilton Head, Charleston area, probably, which is exciting. Um, Mm -hmm. We had our first retreat in Hilton Head. And so that holds a special place in the story of the Imago Day retreat. Um, And it was just, it was such a grassroots experience. I mean, Mm. we had girls from all over sign up. Um, It was a very intimate home. Um, we almost set it on fire when we renounced certain things and we burned papers in a bowl with Mary Lennerberg. I mean, we just have the funniest (laughs) memories. We ran out of coffee because we were retreat noobs. Um, and you know, Mary's like Instacarting, like, like cartons and cartons of so funny, like that first Mm -hmm. squad of women is just so dear to us. Um, and that original team has like stayed the original team. Um, and so if you're listening to this and you've, you know, thought about coming on retreat, we would love to have you. Um, and so the details of what, what, where the house will be and, uh, the cost and all of that is forthcoming. But if you want to save that date for now, it is going to be the first weekend in November. Yay! It feels huge to even announce it. This is our f- how many birth stories have we done on here? One, two, three, four, four, five birth stories now of our birth is it stories. The we just have missed Colby's and T's, and those are unnecessary to share at this point. <laughs> 2019 is when we started, so it's just wild. But happy yeah. um, first day of summer. Have a great summer, everybody, and we can't wait to yeah. talk or treat and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Unraveled Podcast. To stay a part of the conversation, follow us on Instagram at Unraveled Podcast or on Spotify at The Unraveled Podcast.